0: Chat. We have all the parties that uh, matter represented here. Uh, we've got Viv from the Young Nats. We've got Sam from Young slash Campus Act. We've got Will from Campus Greens and Bonnie from Young Labor. And me, of course, from, uh, well, I guess I'm still with Top. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, um a lot has happened politically this week in New Zealand, actually. It's um, it's finally time that we can maybe focus on some substantive issues. It's not a lot of, um, like, scrapping or scandals that we've basically um, had all the beginning of the year dealing with. Now we're moving on to um, the rubber hitting the road, no pun intended, with uh, fuel excise. And, of course, we had the... The heated internal struggle with the Green Party that, of course, um, you know, looked very happy and friendly on the outside, and probably was, but um, Merima Davidson is now the new female co-leader of the Greens. Let's start with that, Uh, Will. um, You participated in, or you watched the stuff, I mean, you weren't a delegate, but... uh, Uh, I was a delegate. You were a delegate? Okay, so tell us what it was like on the inside.
1: Um, it was it was very wholesome, as you, as you <laughs> said. <laughs> like everyone was lovely. Rainbows
0: when, when, were shooting out of. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Basically, everyone uh, like when they were ha- having their debates, they start off being like, you know, um, firstly, I'd like to thank my good friend and associate Marima or Julian Genta for being here because this is uh, half the journey. But I'm yeah, I'm really really stoked to have Marima as our new co-leader.
0: So you you voted for her.
1: Um... I can't say as a delegate who oh, yeah, voted for.
0: But um, you're... You, I mean, were you... I can't remember what you said last week. Did you think that she was going to be better? I,
1: I, th- I thought Marimo would be the better co-leader. Yeah. yeah. Um And I'm very excited to see what she does. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope, mean, yeah. I... I feel a bit bad for Julianne because... I feel... I mean, does this mean that she's kind of hit the flax ceiling and topped out of her career? Because, like, basically whereas that she did everything right you know she's never actually like she's ticked every box except basically having an american accent which she worked so hard to shed over this last parliamentary term but it's still it wasn't enough and it's like it's almost as if experience and Ability was counting against her. I don't I, would, I don't know I
1: say that. I think Maram has got just as much experience She's she was working within the like South Auckland community for years She's been in, involved in human rights for like a decade before and then also her time as a Green Party MP How is um, was she
2: involved in human rights?
1: I can't remember, but I know she was. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I <laughs> feel like that's what all the green MPs are. Yeah, said I don't know. No,
0: Merrima was a totally unknown quantity until she mm. stood in the Ikaroa Rafati by-election, which she didn't win. And then she was basically, after not winning, sort of brought in by an adjustment to the list outside of election time. And then someone resigned. and um, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, like obviously everybody has really interesting experiences and and something to bring to the table. Um but I do feel like the the CV padding of our uh, elected officials is yeah, it's just it's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh it keeps happening. I don't know. I mean, um in the Icoro Rafati by-election, I Merima made a lot of statements that were kind of like off the cuff. Um and it makes sense I mean I, I I think she's gonna be more disciplined now I guess Um, but I just you know basically uh from my watching of the debate you know the fact that she was like a an upstart activist who wasn't like in the system was what was was going for her other than some some racial undertones which I think i um, have to be acknowledged um, so yeah, I, I guess I do feel like you know Julianne was too successful. Or what what can you do? But basically, there's nowhere for her to go now, um, and I just I just wonder if that is fair. I don't know. Um, it, it it seems fair to me. To me, it seems as though
2: Martima we 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 could have had a, an articulate, vocal advocate for cannabis law reform who's actually done a hell of a lot recently for the issue and so, someone who is is very principled. I have a, a huge amount of respect for Julianne Gent, but it's, instead we've got a kind of an inarticulate voice for just more government regulation, more taxation, effectively just a, a significantly larger socialist voice for the Green Party, which is not the direction I'd like to see them go, and being someone who is a yep. keen environmentalist myself.
1: Yeah, but you're not a green. And if you're a green you could, you could vote for yeah. who you thought should be
2: That is
0: true. Well I think I mean this, yeah. the, <laughs> I can express my distaste from afar. <laughs> is is this is this going to be the um the thing that activates more people to actually join the Green Party and vote for the Green Party, or do you think this is them sort of um, shoring up the base? Um, well, I'd,
1: I'd hope this would lead to more people joining the Green Party, obviously. But um, Marma has got to focus on reaching out to those who are disenfranchised from the political system mm. at the moment, yes. which is really important.
3: Mm. So I'd object to Sam calling her uh, inarticulate, especially compared to Julian Genta, just because they speak on different issues, and maybe those issues aren't the um, Salacious, cannabis-based issues that you seem to hear about. <laughs> Just because she speaks to a different uh, voter base and population, I don't think it makes her inarticulate. And she's certainly hit home in um, the communities that she's worked in, and clearly she has the faith and support of the Greens. And also I don't think that it's the end for Julianne Ginter. I mean, the Greens, from this election, they're a party of more than the leaders. They've got uh, mm-hmm. seven MPs, eight MPs, um, and they need all of them. Her career isn't over. She's going to stay a member of parliament, and I don't think that should be reduced in any way. I don't think she has any less impact uh, than not being a co-leader currently. Um, her political career isn't over, just like any other uh, member of parliament from the National Party who isn't a leader or a deputy leader.
0: <coughs> well, but I mean, None within not shut out. no, but within <laughs> Labor, within Labor or National, there's always, um, you know, the I guess the implication that you can rank up in some way. Um, that's kind of you know there may be a handful of people with specific portfolios that they're passionate about and they're happy to hold those and maybe get some ministership but um it's kind of implicit that the reason you're hanging around is you know as you sort of work your way up the list Do we
3: need a, pa- a um, party full of leaders though?
0: Uh no I no. I'm not saying I'm not saying that we do but I just think I think for for Julianne I guess you know she has obtained ministership uh and I'm sure she's going to execute that dutifully for the remainder of this term. Mm. But for someone like her who no doubt has career ambitions, um, basically when you're told um, you know, if if you've done everything right your entire career and basically um tried to make up for any of your shortcomings, then that's not pure enough. Um, I think it's
1: super unfair to say that Julianne Genta's motive in the green politics is to become leader like she wants to help New Zealand she's not out here for her own personal gain she's well all uh, theoretically
0: all members of Parliament are just in there to serve (laughs) yeah but you're framing it like leadership
1: Uh, is what people uh, desire but Uh, well well, it's not. no but she is she put herself
0: forward she didn't just be like oh I guess no one's else putting their hand up I will you know she she had
3: had ambitions she uh, had
0: ambitions.
3: A, was that it? Are you, uh, do you weep the same tears? Well, I the see, I think
0: Amy also? Adams still has a shot, if you know what I mean. Well, Marama's like, not going to um, be
1: here forever. She's not going to be the eternal co-leader. But I,
0: think, but I think she'll be there longer than Julianne will be a uh, member of parliament. Um, Would you
3: have had the same uh, kind of reaction if Julianne won to Marama, or do you feel like she's less disposed to leadership?
0: Well no I think but I I think even if Julianne won, Merima would still have a shot because her parliamentary career has only just begun comparative to Julianne's
3: Who's been in for how many terms? Now this is her second.
0: Uh no Julianne's been in since 05. What? Yeah. Really? And um so yeah. and or 08 was it? So 08. Yeah. <laughs> um and Merima's yeah only been in since 15. So um mm. basically, yeah, I mean, on the surface of it, it's kind of the appearance um mm. yeah they're they're not gonna change them too many times. Merrima would still be there when yeah. Julie retired quite clearly, so it is it is kind of a blocking um for her career, I mean, I'm not saying that you know. Uh, she's not going to be proud of her achievements, but if you rise to that level and put yourself forward for the leadership, there's sort of the implication that you actually want it. You would hope that she would want it, and and of course everybody's going to be disappointed. But I think you know in in the other major parties, there's so much um, turnover in the leadership <laughs> that there's still opportunities for the other backbenchers to have a chance. Whereas in the Greens, it is very um, decadal, and it's you know it's it's part of a rich history of the Greens' sort of, um, I don't know, powers that be or, or strategic council kind of parachuting in um, these people for the leadership change. We saw it with Russell Norman over Tansos back when uh, the Greens wanted to be more uh, sort of establishmenty and less Casual. activist, uh, kind of the converse of this time. And uh, same with James Shaw as well. Um, there's people like, no one ever heard of, coming out of nowhere, we're told they're really experienced and really measured, and basically it's, you know, because they don't come with any baggage, it makes it easier in the media, I don't know, that's my own cynical interpretation.
3: Well, now we're at this really historic point where, uh, every party in parliament has either a Māori leader or deputy leader, and I think that's in in its merits, objectively, quite incredible. Or both. (laughs) (laughs) Even David Seymour.
0: And David Seymour. Is, does does he have uh, some mm-hmm. yeah, Maori he's, connection? Uh, All right. Thing, uh, Pui? All right. Yeah. I have no idea. They must be uh, very ashamed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I think oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> surely um, the media controversy with Julian Genta did contribute to this. I think it must have on some level the hope that she wants to, yeah. you know. Um, cull the older white
0: male face now was that, that know, an yeah. internal yeah. hit job? Was that con- Miriam's con- people stirring up that story? Well, she
3: did. Mm.
0: It was a, it was a <laughs> quote
2: taken <laughs> was out of context. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, d- does is it, is it just me, or does Marima strike you as much more of a career politician? She seems
0: she seems to me like she's well. More the funny uh, thing about those Julianne comments the the funny thing about those Julianne comments is she was just trying to like uh, say stuff that would shore her up with the activists that favored Merrima over her. The people who said they would leave the party if Julianne was elected co-leader. Uh, she had to go tell the middle, she had to tell the intermediate school students uh, that she hates white men just to uh, curry favor with those extremists. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yes. I I've I've said it many times like I don't, you know, well I know I know that Merima is principled now about poverty and and of course I'm sure she always was, you know, many of us are. Um uh nobody likes it but I, I yeah, I never saw her stand up and um distinguish herself on any particular issue. She's been opportunistic and half of the time that she's spoken um it's it's been either i've blatantly disagreed with it even though i support almost all of what the greens do or it's been um you know very sort of naively stated um i feel so whereas julianne i mean she's she's about as academic as it gets and i mean i don't that's what i don't understand is like if you look at her cv um basically you know what what stands out glaring to the uh green party membership is white american uh which i think isn't fair um, yeah
3: as a white american yourself. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly
0: exactly i mean hey i know white americans have uh, been responsible for uh, plenty of atrocities and there's a white american male who's the worst in the world right now well, we but we will not name a uh, but um yeah that that doesn't mean that someone who is less qualified should um therefore be given, you know, important positions and decision making to make up for that because if somebody who's less qualified is, you know, making uh decisions then that's going to ultimately be worse. Like I, mean, I, th- I mean,
2: think I think it's appropriate that the party of affirmative action elects the less qualified to take the right boxes.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, uh, that—that's a very act way of stating it. Uh, uh, I think there's more, more, um, you know, nuanced ways that might get people to think about it a little more instead of <laughs> yeah. dismissing it out of hand immediately. But um, yeah, I'm feeling terribly cynical. At uh, uh, that. Uh,
4: yeah, well, the proof's in the pudding. We'll,
0: we'll see how she goes. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Hasn't, that's hasn't right. Really a there's down. a lot of speculation. <laughs> so, Leave it to the Nats to uh, uh, extend the olive branch. Yeah, Yeah. are you
3: feeling more keen for the uh, (laughs) (laughs) blue-green master party (laughs) now?
0: A lot less so. I
4: think the the Greens have got a lot no, more back, back to their happens. social issues and become a lot more socialist with Mara and Davidson, I think. Well, let's talk Actually about moved this. Away this from the, green core this, this is the...
0: Jesus. Oh, no. oh, no, no, no. Okay, so, it's yeah. not a green
1: core. There's four things in the Charter and one of them is just the social responsibility. We're not just an environmental party. From the very beginning, we've been in the social and environmental party because we're seeing the exploitation of, of the environment and the people and that that's what the capitalist system is. And so we need to yeah. make sure.
0: Wait, we're but we're the Green Party likes capitalism now, officially. Yeah, who doesn't like
1: capitalism <laughs> now? <I've laughs> it was but, mine but it is, the new needs mine. to be buffered. Is there an economic
0: capital? term in the charter, or is it all? Is it, is, is it, is it's like do you, you have one? Well, the let's hold decision? on, hold on, guys. Now, the, the environmental crux, environmental the crux of the commentary system. about this, this, red-green split, you know, Miriam versus Julianne, is um, there are there are different wings of the party. And we saw that, we saw that in the sense that, you know, people were threatening to resign if Juliana... A, a very small... Very oh, small totally, totally, party. totally. Um, you know, yeah, one person on Twitter threatened <laughs> yeah, to resign. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it given what happened to MMP in the last election... People, a lot of people have postulated that there's, there's space for a new party. Or if the Greens um, don't occupy that space, um, you know, basically there's, there's a certain percentage of people, and uh, at the last election it appeared not to have been exactly 5%, but um, <laughs> that, that feel disenfranchised from the current parties that exist. And there's even less parties now than there was at the last election. So there's, there's a space... In the New Zealand political spectrum, um, for for something that we don't have currently. Now the question is: the Green Party, with what they've done with the leadership change, are they are they moving to occupy that space and expand their appeal to to take up that vacuum of that you know three or four percent or whatever it is? Um, I think it was two. Two, two point four, Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but. Or, or are they creating more political refugees looking for that space because of what's happened um, in the Green Party now? I mean, that's w- whether you whether you articulate that in a way that you know tries to knife the Greens or are you know uh, try to minimize it. That <coughs> that's kind of the question that everyone's getting at. Well, Is I don't.
1: I, I suppose it doesn't have to be either or. Like, I, it can be like. Bringing in new people um, on the left and making space on the right for TOP potentially, like that might be what happens. Um, so yeah, again, we'll just have to wait and see. Mm.
3: Mm. It is it is far too early days to really yeah. speculate. Yeah. About it's 20, been what like
1: five days. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Like, it's interesting with TOP.
0: <laughs> it's interesting with TOP because like the Greens going more socialist doesn't necessarily drive people to TOP. I mean, um, yeah, right. but but it's interesting also because TOP is in a position where. Um, you know, having failed to get five at the last election, they do have to reevaluate, you know, is going after the left, is that a sustainable, electable proposition in a crowded field? Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, for a party that's all about the policies, you can't exactly hard-tack to a different ideological part of the spectrum because the policies, they are what they are, you know. It would be hard to go chasing the act donors without changing the policies and uh that would kind of uh give away the game when the party party's all about the policies if you know what i mean like because the the those policies are also favoring social responsibility i don't think that um th- yeah the the greens becoming more socialist isn't going to make people who dislike that vote for top if you know what i mean i don't know yeah
1: Well, I guess maybe the solution for Top is, like, they they put themselves out there as this, like, radical centrist party, but personally, when I looked at them, they seemed a lot more left than centrist, or they are on the left of centrism, so maybe they need to expand their, like, slightly more right-wing policy um, in order to... Yeah, the problem Uh I
2: saw with Top was not that they weren't targeting the right areas but it was that there was a barrier when people would come to actually ticking the top box on the day. I mean, I mean, mm. a huge number of people that I spoke to said, yeah, I really agree with top but I don't want to waste my vote. Yeah. Yes. And I think that whole wasted vote argument is a, a significant one and that's why they need to lower the threshold mm. to yeah. get to, yeah. to elect a new yeah. party to 2 or 3%. But I mean, the, back to what you are saying about the Greens though, when you look at the spatial model of and kind of uh, voter theorem and voter distribution. Greens already has the far-left chunk, being the most left party, has this slice of the pie and everyone to the left of it. By moving further to the left, they're not picking up any new people
0: on the left because people who are further left than the Greens were already going to vote for the Greens. Well, I guess what Will was saying is that they're going after those people that are so far left they've dropped off the spectrum in the well, sense the hell, of being di- not disenfranchised. People are there, though.
1: No, not, not just so far left, but just not on the political spectrum Well, disenfranchised. Spectrum. Disenfranchised. What, I mean, yeah. what, like how many people yeah. voted in the election? Like, there's five million people. Five million people didn't vote. There's... I'd say there's at least a million people that yeah. didn't s- vote
2: at all. I suppose nothing drives votes like promising them shitloads of other people's money. Mm.
0: Well this is money. this is where it's gonna be this <laughs> is where it's up. gonna be interesting to see. I mean if um you know Merrima's made a lot of her uh during the election of going out to um poor places and signing up people for voter enrollment and stuff. Yeah. Um you know, now whether that was just a couple of photo opportunities or a systematic kind of um, you know going and getting every single disenfranchised person that's going to be hard to do and then <laughs> whether you know analyzing whether putting that effort in actually translates to getting the votes out um, historically that's been a hard nut to crack uh... as well but it'll, it will be interesting to watch
3: mm, i think we'll see uh, if anything in the twenty twenty election uh, with the rise of MMP, I think it's there is space for a third uh, right-wing party. We've got yeah. National totally mm-hmm. owning the right block, with a um, small and pitiful percentage of ACT voters. Is
0: New Zealand First a right-wing party? New Zealand First is centrist. Yeah. it's Strangest.
3: complicated. A bit of
4: far right, a bit of far left. <laughs> well, then you've got an absolute <laughs> <laughs> splintering of the left block yeah. into Labour,
3: Green. Uh, the possibilities were Maori and Mana um, top.
4: Imagine <laughs> if Top and the Greens both got four point nine.
3: How good? So I think we would get in on
0: the specials <laughs> yeah. to
3: deconstruct the major block domination because we're an MMP system yeah. now let's yeah. create more uh, niche parties for more mm. niche people and um stop giving national so many uh,
0: Or labor <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll
4: hold out for uh, <laughs> Yeah, she was getting to 50 <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know what niches there are within uh i guess maybe within national we're now we could see like we saw at uh our local body level, a uh, a pro oil and gas party or something. Yeah, it's, it's uh, well, <laughs> just today,
3: uh, the um, Labor government announced that there is no more offshore oil drilling. That's right, with the, with so the help so of the Greens. With the help, yeah. the help of the Greens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but so you know, will there be uh, people within National who feel passionately enough mm-hmm. to kind of splinter that niche? That's what we mm-hmm. actually saw in the Dunedin local body field. Was mm-hmm. you know uh, a block of councillors campaigning under a lobby group whose only explicit sort of uh policy statement was we want (laughs) offshore oil and (laughs) gas it was like uh in the wildlife capital of national is
4: currently such a broad church of different ideas it's sort of Uh, hard to just sort of splinter off because like anyone can come up with anything and instantly you like could be in the ear of like the spokesperson, formerly the minister, like on the issue. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sort of um, I don't know. I don't think there's any ever been like a, a situation where people have felt so pissed off that they're not getting listened to that they've wanted to form another party. Right, except for ACT. It was Labor and One Nation. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it was a unified effort. Uh, <laughs> uh, Roger Douglas would
0: have <laughs> It was cross-party uh, support. Yes. <laughs> Hmm, interesting. Well, we are seeing stuff not only with the uh, that announcement, which, I mean, let's, uh, what are your guys' takes on, there's been some back and forth on the oil and gas. Uh, you know, there was Jacinda accepting a petition uh, from a handful of people at Parliament saying, oh, we're not doing it. Then she made some qualified statements in the media being like, oh, well, 2049. Uh, and then there's this. What is, yeah. what was new? with yesterday. Is it still 2049? Is there something in addition to the petition? Well, what well, the so
2: focus groups got back and said that it wouldn't be favorable <laughs> to
0: carry votes to go ahead
2: with it. So,
1: so what, what this is, it's, there's not got, they're not going to give any more permits for um, deep it's sea uh, oil drilling um, exploration. So the current permits that already exist, they're going to continue.
0: And um, what about the the block offer? Is Yes, yeah, so the
1: block offers are done. Uh, no more of those
0: right yeah mm-hmm. and, and except
1: for taranaki i think they get a three-year um postponement because their economy is so reliant
0: on um oil okay wait explain yeah. this in a little more depth so what so the block offers the <laughs> the block offers were due to go ahead anyways and now they're stopping them or i mean I what the what's ones, the difference the
4: ones that are already like about to go ahead are being let go ahead but after that i think they're gonna yeah yeah and and so he's got so many like on the go right now
0: (laughs) and what's the (laughs) difference between this and the discussion that we heard after jacinda accepted that petition and people were speculating that there would be an end to uh is this what people were speculating would happen did happen
1: this is what people were speculating was going to happen yes yeah
0: yeah and then why was there that little bit of time where she wasn't confirming that or pushing it out to 2049? Something to do with the focus groups. Definitely.
2: That's the thing that we don't think about in democracy, is just how calculated every single decision that the political parties make are. They're not, they're not made for people's benefits. They're made to win themselves votes. Well, some of them have a side effect of benefiting some, people. Some of them have a side effect <laughs> of benefiting people, but, uh, um, I mean, it's when when you look at the distribution of all the kind of big government promises to spend money it's just always election years they're always calculated to win votes and that's unfortunately the nature of how democracy tends to work when you have millions of people voting they respond to being promised some big shiny new stadium or some big shiny new buildings, or, 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 <laughs> or some roads of significance uh, just having, having boatloads of money chucked at their areas and all of those decisions are strategically decided to win people
0: votes well speaking of roads of significance <laughs> uh, we we saw the fuel tax uh, or or excise um mm. and and i can understand both sides of this argument um you know um Anybody, well, basically, national wants to take any opportunity to try to paint Labor as weak on tax, because that's a uh, that's a trigger point for many <laughs> New Zealanders, and um, and uh, Labor, you know, the the thrust of the promises they made during the le- during the election is they weren't going to make it financially harder for people in any way. They're going to make it financially easier. Uh, but of course, this was a planned sort of rise that always happens anyways, and probably they're doing a little more than it would have naturally, but this is, you know, also part of their commitment to uh, logic on transport and the environment, uh, et cetera. I mean, are you guys... Uh, well, you're probably not... That big of motorists, but you're probably not that big of public transport users either, because uh, even doesn't really have either. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a big motorist. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you like to drive your gas guzzling 58 Chevy? D- um, uh, I've, I've, I've actually Arthas got an 89 fast. MX5, uh, uh, <laughs> that's a little converter. Oh, very fuel <laughs> efficient. <Yeah>. Right, <laughs> okay, so you're. In <laughs> <laughs> um, do all of you guys own cars? No. No? <laughs> two. Two. The right wing is on, cars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh. I own two <laughs>
3: pairs of capable legs. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh,
0: God. And do you, have you guys ever taken the bus in Dunedin? Oh, hell yeah. It's you? classic. Oh, I've actually <laughs> got a time. fucking good story. It's the only
2: time I've ever taken the bus, but it's quite a long one. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. I'll, tell, I'll tell
4: you. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's like, there's always one person on it, and you just, like, feel a bit awkward about it, and there's about three buses all come at the same time, and you go, oh, God, which one is it? And then they're all going to the exact same place and you go, Why have we got three buses with one person on each bus? Wait. But
3: Viv, that was a great yeah. stand up routine. <laughs> Thank you so much for edit, I,
2: I think I think the most important thing to remember about this fuel tax sure. endeavor is that the 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 nuts have been coming out and trying to paint themselves I mean the typical opposition party coming out and trying to paint themselves as being so much better, going to, trying to present this image that they don't raise taxes, but it's bullshit. Mm, mm, National yeah. raised the fuel tax six times while they were in government, Thank yeah. uh, by up to three cents a pop. So I mean, it's 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 comparable. They raised GST. They rate they National is by no means a party of sensible taxation, or that they, they they offered some mega tax cuts, obviously in election year because they're going to try and buy some votes and present yes. buy some votes and present that image and probably buy some votes because they're all fucking it. <laughs> <loaded. laughs> um, but the, the 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 only party is actually principled I would say, about tax, <laughs> is, is ACT. I mean, we're, 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 at le- we're at least the only ones who are honest about it. Yeah, right. Th- I, c- I can yeah. say that, that the, the Nats are presenting a bullshit front, the La- Labour have been presenting a bullshit front which is coming through. I suppose Greens are kind yeah, of honest we're because honest. they... Yeah, you, to to to
0: if, if you can afford to tax. build your own national train infrastructure, then you can ride a train. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think the issue... Makes sense. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Everyone agrees, I think, at the end of the day, fuel tax is probably over okay but well, initially a fuel tax should be used for, like if you're a road user you're paying a tax to use the roads shouldn't the money be going back into building better roads well i have, have no pro- i have no problem with the fuel tax. A, like we're paying a fuel tax here to build like a like light rail in Auckland tax, yeah. there's an Auckland tax
1: to Auckland build the, the stuff in Auckland yeah. and there's a regional fuel tax which, to build the stuff in the regions
0: like yeah. in Christchurch
1: like in Christchurch, <laughs> in Christchurch. <laughs> like in Christchurch. Uh, uh, they've cancelled uh,
4: like big motorway plans in Imbicargill to uh, Winton for example which uh, is huge is one single
0: road in oh. about five thousand people? you not. not we're <laughs> like simply for the Invercargill.
4: <laughs>
3: all all, all those losses
0: in Invercargill. <laughs> I've got you. <yeah.
3: laughs> it's absolute but, common yeah. sense, just logic and like mathematics that you need to pull people into public transport, and we're gonna. Um, it's gonna be saving a whole lot of fuel. It's gonna be making it a whole lot quicker because it's not gonna be congested with a million cars.
0: I I like the idea of the fuel tax going to public transport, but yes. I what I don't like is the um, uncertainty because I get the feeling that we're going to be paying the fuel tax now for public transport projects that are not planned to be built for some time and could be subject yeah, so to change of government and all this. I mean, can Wellington we build the public transit and then and pay it off?
4: Because Wellington announced that they're going to have light rail and then it got announced a wee bit later by the year 2040. And he just sort of went, well, we're paying the tax That's now a lot for the tax. promise of <laughs> Like this light rail that's coming sometime yeah, in the future, the well beyond everyone. You don't, you don't need
2: capital. The right. whole the yeah. whole idea of capitalism is that you don't really need capital. It's all about credit and debt, and that you 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 are able to undertake these projects. Wouldn't a what
0: money. in a giant infrastructure? Pro- I mean, that's a that's kind of a, a classic um, left wing meme, right? Of <laughs> building out <laughs> big infrastructure to get employment and yeah, yeah. what. Uh, what, has anybody talked about that? Not really. It's pretty piecemeal, as cheap as possible for all of these public transit projects, right? I mean,
2: I I, I think why let the government be responsible for it at the moment? Just like the Chinese uh, coming uh, in, as, as as we've been saying, there are, <laughs> we've, we've got buses running with one person on them. We've got the most hideously inefficient spending of all of our money that be, be, because they they. Are not actually financially responsible for it themselves. I mean, no one spends other people's money
0: as well as they spend their own, as the fundamental principle, or one of the fundamental. Yeah, principles I don't know. For me, public transit is one of the least egregious wastes of public money, yeah. Um, yeah. on a long list. <laughs> I,
2: I, I agree, but they could still do it in a significantly better way. Mm. If well, in Dunedin, they in certainly let yeah. some form of competition. If they let Uber or some private company, <laughs> Uber is in. coming. Yeah. I, I, know, I know, Uber's coming, but they're not running
0: public transport, or they're not doing the. the, the there are still kind of regulations. But this is this is classic Dunedin here. We get something like Uber just when the whole world is like <laughs> totally <laughs> over yeah. it. Um, it's it's, it's going to be. We're so past peak Uber. I'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> be
3: so grateful to not be in Auckland, where we don't have to wait in traffic. We don't have to pay yeah. the fuel tax. Either. A
4: twenty-minute drive to Uni like an Um like awful. have you seen the initiative in Queenstown the Queenstown Lakes District Council all the with buses with the bus yes you pay $2 let's you do something for like that I think and go that would to be where like people actually go awesome. if we yes. were paying a fuel tax and it was paying for public transport to be only $2 a day that'd be awesome yeah. But this is on record like, Viv yeah, for know. your future <laughs> political <laughs> aspirations now we're paying $9 back to go when you to were Sinclair. an undergrad
3: Viv, Minister for Transport yeah
4: but like nowadays, you're paying like seven dollars to go to the beach and then seven dollars oh, back. And I You're know. thinking, like, wouldn't it be a lot better if it was so accessible? Because mm-hmm. I think if that's if we we're paying tax in Dunedin, it should stay in, in Dunedin, Dunedin to fund those things. Right. But yeah. perhaps each region should have its own fuel tax. I don't but think it's, well, it's seven important. Wasn't, there,
2: wasn't what to are the, the parties the during anymore, the though? election trying to promise to return all the tax, all the GST paid on new builds to the to the local government bodies in which they? occurred. Wasn't that oh, easy yeah, at first? No, that was ACT. <laughs> 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 ACT. ACT wanted to give the money back to the financially starved councils where the money's actually being spent. That's right.
0: <laughs> well, Not pull it with all the Wellington bureaucrats. Before we uh, run out of time, guys, let's go international, um, and this is a... Uh, A topic that kind of, um, there seems to be a little bit of schizophrenia uh, amongst the the left-right political spectrum. And that is, of course, whether or not um, the, you know, the free-thinking Western world should all unify behind our great leader Donald Trump (laughs) (laughs) for an attack on Syria. Um, And, of course, I guess, I guess. Apparently, Putin is more evil than Trump, according to conventional wisdom, and therefore it would be justified, and it would be justified for New Zealand to commit assets, according to both major parties. Um, mm-hmm. What would? What do you guys think about this? I mean, false flag. Uh. <laughs>
1: I don't support militarism, so.
4: No, you don't support taking military. taking away sort of conspiracy theories out of it. I if the whole of the Western countries are gonna go on Syria, which is obviously taking chemical attacks on its own citizens. Someone's gotta step in. And if no one's currently stepping in, we should all together step in. Whether it's I don't think that the way to do it would be just to go and then blow everyone up. I think
2: But gonna, that's
3: inevitably what's yeah. gonna happen it, if the Silicon
2: Valley what did Assad have to
0: gain by gassing <laughs> his own citizens? That's what I want to know. Well but I I, I just do wonder, like, even even if you accept that Assad gassed his own citizens aren't we like enabling Trump I mean isn't that kind of shouldn't we be working backwards from everyone's worried about Trump having his finger on the nuclear button Mm. and here we're kind of even maybe with questionable evidence or um, you know we're not exhausting every possible opportunity to keep Trump's finger off the nuclear button in fact it's almost descending into cheerleading for it, mm. because apparently Putin is worse. This yep. is a, this is kind of like a, so, a classic bait and switch. Well, um, so
4: rather than being a global citizen, we could all stay in New Zealand and pretend nothing happens outside New Zealand and everything's okay. But really, we should like help out. <laughs> and that's that's all we I think. This, to, but but what what, what to about the, the, everyone, UN, the security council? The security council
1: is yeah. fucked. So like if there was a global powers. UN peacekeeping force that could wasn't being vetoed by Russia yeah. or China or the US at every opportunity then we could go in and yeah. not invade a fucking country but help them. Yeah. Um and that's what we need. But mm. that's not what exists with the UN because the security. So so veto powers up. But
0: well <laughs> but I, I don't know. I mean like yeah, I feel like the with without Russia vetoing at least some stuff we would have seen um interventions that would have favored one side more heavily than the other yeah, i mean okay, we've seen so, that so in the, the past general assembly,
1: the general assembly general assembly has members of every member state is in the general assembly but they have no actual power they can make recommendations yeah, yeah. to the security council yeah. but yeah. what they decide what the world decides doesn't actually matter as long as the ten powers who are in the security council at the time say no you which is a fucked. joke you yeah yeah well it's, it could be so much better mm.
0: yeah so so I'm sensing skepticism from all besides viv um uh, and and I mean like uh so basically viv your your position is that um putin slash Assad is more of a monster than trump yes, yeah, okay.
4: Trump at least can be contained. Uh, He's he's got little power, I guess, other than his sort of, like, generals.
0: Other than being in the most powerful (laughs) position on earth. But see, this is the thing, you know, we're worried about Putin or Assad or Kim Jong-un having their finger on the button. And the answer to that is, get Trump to smash the button Mm. as furiously as he can. Um, I don't agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll find out maybe uh, by this afternoon, New Zealand time, um, whether or not World War Three has been initiated. Um, But hey, you know, when I was your guy's age, they were saying it was about to pop off, and it never really did. So, um, you know, maybe it'll just be some Iraq-level world-ruining conflict. Uh, Fingers crossed.
3: Yes, because it's okay if a country gets absolutely destroyed as long as it's not New Zealand.
0: Well, I'm just saying that um uh, I'm saying if we're lucky it will only be regional countries destroyed and not the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> <Less> <laughs> in the conflict, also, yeah. Okay. The nuclear winter sort of scenario. Of yeah.
3: yeah. I feel so much bitter now. <laughs>
0: Fingers crossed, guys. Yeah. Hopefully we'll know by this afternoon. You're on the 191 FM Politrix. It's been a great uh little hui here with all the different parts of the spectrum and We'll be back doing it again next week, and we're going to experiment with uh, some, you know, additions to the format. So always stay tuned to see what new and wacky stuff Bonnie's going to say right now.
3: And I <laughs> <laughs> um, just wanted to um, say a happy Pride Week to everyone. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, happy of Pride. course. Yeah. I think
0: that's something that all political parties uh, yeah. <laughs> agree Except on now.
1: conservatives, but the conservatives are irrelevant. So. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> all existing political parties. Um, And that uh, we saw a thing come up for the quashing of convictions. That's a bill that's going forward now. So presumably there will be as uh, uniform support for that bill as there were for the other bills in this uh, vein recently and should pass easily. Um, And it it sets a great precedent um, because it just kind of shows, you know, uh, that Parliament can admit they were wrong and then yeah. 30 years later can actually apologize for it. Um,
3: the sincerity and the humility behind it is really good to see, I think. That there's been genuine, like MPs have put out statements saying we apologize, you know, for these decisions.
0: Yeah, well, it's shocking. There's enough distance now that it's literally shocking, and I can only hope that, you know, before I die, and unfortunately, some of these guys that were persecuted are going to have to be posthumously uh, pardoned, but uh, you know that we can see the same level of humility for some other uh, egregious human rights breaches that go on in our country daily that just seem like normal to us now. Um, maybe we'll get there one day. Yes. You're on The One, 91FM. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining us. This has been your weekly Politrix show.